It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I was driving and they just punched me and slapped me. I was bleeding straight away. Like I needed a new toilet brush. <laughs> and you open up your phone and there's an ad for a toilet brush. Yeah. <laughs> Where you've got health and safety incidents happening on these sites, absolutely people are worried. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 just looked at the calendar coming in uh, this morning six weeks today we we will be finishing up for the christmas holidays six weeks today lads so don't try and tell me that we're talking about christmas too early this stage so there isn't a santi letter written and there isn't so much as a bauble bought six weeks today we will be uh, finishing up for the Christmas holidays. Friday. Don't you just love it? And actually, sort of talking about that, I have a list here in front of me of the presents you might get for the man who thinks or he has everything. You might have some fun with that during the morning. But good morning to you. Beautiful morning out there. Friday morning. Uh, let us go first of all to Paul Byrne, Southern Correspondent with Virgin Media News, because there was drama. To say the very least, there was drama around... Uh, the vicinity of Grona Braher Garda station last evening. Um, what happened, Paul? Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Um, we're talking around um, half two, three o'clock yesterday afternoon, and uh, this incident all kicked off in the car park of Grona Braher Garda station when a man in his late 30s, early 40s entered the grounds. First of all, uh, damaged the wing mirror of uh, a patrol car and then decided to put an axe, as in a hatchet, through the windscreen of the patrol car. After that, he then approached the uh, the building itself, the, the Garda station, smashed a number of windows before putting an axe through the door of the Garda station. Now, Gronerbroher Garda station, like all stations, really is quite a busy one. And it's really amazing and lucky that nobody was injured mm. because... You know, at any stage, people could be inside the public office, just inside the door, looking 
thing to, you know, to have a passport application filled in, have a form signed, you know, handing in license and driving license and insurance or anything like that. So it's very lucky, really. We're very lucky that nobody was injured, any member of the public or none of the guards who were on duty at the time. But luckily enough, the guards were able to get this man under control, subdue him. And uh, I believe that pepper spray had to be used to bring the situation under control. I take it there was nobody in the patrol car he attacked. No, nobody uh, in the car. The, the car was parked up. The, the members were inside uh, conducting some of their business. And um, luckily, again, as I said, nobody in the public office as well, no member of the public. But the guards were in their office, you know, just behind the, the glass um, partition as you as you go in, as, as once you enter the public office. Have we any idea, Paul, what was behind this? My understanding is that the, 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 the culprit had been up to visit somebody in court prison earlier in the afternoon and he was refused entry to the prison and he told the investigating officers that this was the only way he was able to go to the prison to see his uh, relative then so be it so basically he carried out this attack in the hope that he would be arrested and then remanded to court prison so he'd be able to see his relative might sound funny but on the other hand, a very, very dangerous and volatile situation yesterday. Um, it, co- it could have turned uh, really, really nasty. But as I said, he did tell investigating officers that he was uh, refused access to the court prison. And he said, if it takes uh, this for me to go and see my relative at court prison, well, then so be it. He's in custody in Grown at the moment. And I understand that he'll be appearing in court uh, at some stage today. And... Um, no doubt he probably will be remanded in custody mm-hmm. and then he will get to see his uh, relative in court prison but um, we might smile but like you said it could have been a very serious incident oh yeah I know people will laugh at you know the, the, the reason behind it but um, you know as I said people could have been in the public office guards could have been walking out at the time this man wielding an axe uh, put it through the windscreen of the squad car then through the windows of the Garda station, then through the door of the Garda station before going into the public office. So, you look, you know, they say a miracle. Maybe we are looking at a miracle that nobody was hurt mm. or, or worse yesterday. Interesting. And then the motive even more interesting. Paul, thank you very much. Paul Bourne, Southern Correspondent with Virgin Media News, occasional presenter of this programme. What a way to get in to see, if that is the case. What a way to get in to see somebody in prison, to get yourself arrested and remanded in custody yourself. You'd wonder how desperate a person would be. Good job nobody was hurt, though. Thanks, Paul. If you've got your holly bough now, you'll hopefully have found, and even more hopefully enjoyed, uh, my little article um, that I was privileged to write this year about the Lord's Mayor, the occupants of the Lord Mayor's office, that I have worked with since uh, starting in this business. And since 1989, there have been 35 of them since I started working in this radio station. I'm asked to write a piece for the Hollywood about the working with the Lord Mayor and working with the Lord Mayor's office over the years and dealing with every single one of them on a regular and frequent basis. You'll find it on the on the Hollywood, and again, thanks to them for asking me to, to write. But one of the Lord's Mayor that I worked with over the years was a man called Joe O'Callaghan. 
Uh, he was Lord Mayor from 1995 to 1996. As you know, the Lord Mayor changes in June. Joe was, at the time he was a member of the Labour Party, he went on to join Fine Gael and then he uh, became an independent towards the end of his political career. He was a colourful man. He was a trade unionist. Uh, a very, very formidable trade unionist. Anybody who ever sat across a table, any member of management who ever sat across a table arguing with with Joe, uh, who was there standing up for the members of their union. Joe was a formidable opponent across a negotiating table. Anyone who ever worked with him would tell you that. Um, he was outspoken. He was very funny. He was outspoken to the point where he often got himself into a little bit of trouble shall we just say. Um, but he had no problem with that. He'd go back and say the same thing again the next day because if he, if he believed it, he believed it. And that was Joe. Um, I liked him very much. He lived in Blarney. I haven't seen him for many, many years. I was sad to read yesterday that Joe O'Callaghan, late Joe O'Callaghan, passed away at the age of 75. I would have put him in maybe a year or two less, but at the age of 75, he died at Marymount after a long illness. He is survived by his wife, Mary, uh, who was a wonderful Lady Mayoress in her time. And their four adult children, Dara and Andrea and Vivienne and Kean. And I'm sad to hear of uh, Joe's passing, a man that I knew through work and liked very, very much, uh, Joe Callahan. 0818969696. Can I just refer to something that's in your paper this morning? And I'm not going to overly dwell on it. But I do want to mention it because it's it's like a little win for us here uh, on the opinion line. Back in 2021, in July of 2021, we got word of the impending closure of Onakura in Middleton. It was brought to us, brought to our attention by uh, Liam Quaid, a county councillor, and then we were put in touch with relatives of the people who lived or live at the Onakura site, the Onakura Centre. The plan was to close it and to distribute these people, to decant, that awful word that they sometimes use, to decant these people to other centres. And they didn't want to go. This was their home. Many of them had been there for many, many years. And as you know on the programme, we followed it relentlessly. And we said at the time we would follow it relentlessly. And we brought you update after update after update and it's kind of gone gone cold this last few months until yesterday where a plan was announced or rather the new gaffer at the HSE, Bernard Gloucester, has said that there will be a new 10-bed facility built on the Ona Corra site to modernise it, to retain it in the town and to address some of the previous concerns that it might that might be further removed and isolated. This is fantastic news for the relatives, past and present, of Onakura. Last time I was down there, well, there were about six of them left, and I think the six of them are still there. This is fantastic. This is absolutely fantastic news for the people. Um, when we took the story on board, we, we have just taken by it, just taken by the people, taken by the relatives. And I visited them. I went to see them in the autumn of 2021. And a beautiful autumn evening, we sat outside Onakura and I met some of them. And here's a, just a little reminder. I said I'd pull this this morning, just a minute, of the lovely, lovely people 
that I met at the time who were living in Onakura and just wanted to stay there. What do you like about being here? Um, it's very central. Um, um, there's 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 everything within reach, and um, as well as that, um, the, the the staff are great. And you have no idea where you might have to go when it closes, do you? They haven't told us anything about that, and the staff say the same. The doctor over there, we have dentist over there, opticians, hearing aid, hairdressers, chiropodists. Everything you need. Yeah. And these services are, are right on the doorstep, and they tend to draw me out, mm. humanise me, and it helps me forget my <laughs> problems. To me, the location of this place is like a medicine. It's, it contributes to me getting better. I'm from here anyway, you know, so I miss the place badly, like. Yeah. Fair enough, the place ain't fit for purpose. Even the manhole covers outside the door are... Um, 1972. Yeah. It's 49 years old, this place, you know. Yeah, yeah. Dilapidated or, you know. You're getting emotional at the thoughts of having to leave. Well, I am, yeah. (laughs) And now there is to be a new centre with uh, 10 places in it. I'm so thrilled for them. I'm so, so happy for them. We were privileged to win a Mental Health Media Award for our coverage of Onakura and also privileged to win a Silver Imro for that coverage too but you know that doesn't matter a thing but if anything we ever did if anything that we ever broadcast here if if it even had the slightest influence on what was announced yesterday do you know something I could hang up my headphones now and retire a happy man I'm so thrilled for those lovely lovely people Living in Onagora. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Quartz 96 FM. The Big Drive Home. With Izzy Showbizzy. It's so good. On Quartz 96 FM. Join me weekdays from 4pm where I'll play your favourite song, even if you don't know the name of it. Could you play that song that goes, I adore you, I adore you. I'll be making your day with more amazing giveaways. Are you ready to give Amy some good news? Thank you. <laughs> and we'll have Oak Fire pizza vouchers up for grabs for choosing a tune on the takeover. So join me weekdays from 4pm. The Big Drive Home With Clonakilty Food Company Spikeball, tacos, pizza Clonakilty Black Pudding is the making of any meal So go on, be a rebel Cooks 96 FM 96 FM Your newspaper is very much dominated by not just one but two court cases this morning Yesterday the conviction of Joseph Pushka for the brutal murder of Ashling Murphy on January 12th, 2022. Uh, her picture and his picture are all over your newspapers this morning and detailed coverage, stuff that you can only write now because we couldn't write it. Nobody could write it during the trial. Your newspapers, The Sun has pictures on the front page. I have never in all my years in court, and I, I did many years in court, as you know, and I covered a few murder trials in my time and a few trials of people for brutal, brutal things, I never heard a judge utter words like Judge Tony Hunt uttered yesterday afternoon when he said on passing, or indeed on on the conviction of Joseph Pushka sentencing his next week, he said, there is evil in this room. 
They were the, as, as the Daily Mail puts it, the chilling words of a judge. Um, yeah, he, he delayed his trial by a day after an attempt to self-harm in prison. This guy resisted right up to the end. And they had him bang to rights. The evidence had him bang to rights. But yet he resisted right up to the end. Such was his contempt for Ashling and her friends and her family and those who loved her. And those, they, they spoke outside court yesterday and it was so moving. But I've never in all my time, never heard a judge use words like that. Front page of The Independent. A light that evil cannot dim is a beautiful po- photograph of Ashling, The one we've seen so much uh, on her on her graduation and the one word that the star uses for him and they have CCTV pictures of him predator and just about sums it up he will face sentence next week uh, the mandatory sentence of life And with that story on the front page of the Irish Independent is the continuing coverage of the jailing a day or two ago of Molly and Thomas Martins as you know they have been Jailed for a further, it'll only be at seven months, they'll be out, both of them will be out of jail by next summer. Um, they were, they, they pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter at Davidson Superior Court in Mexican, North Carolina, as you know, for the murder, the brutal killing, the brutal killing of Jason Corbett, beaten to death in 2015. And they will serve only another seven months behind bars it's, it's hard to take it all in and again your your newspapers are full of coverage of that delving into her background and delving into her father's background and delving into Jason's background um, man covering it and has been with us over the last couple of weeks once or twice and covering for the newspapers uh, is uh, Ralph Regal of the Irish Independent he joins me now again uh, from uh, Lexington. Ralph, in the end, what did you make of the outcome? Uh, well, if I'm honest, PJ, um, there was there was a number of Irish journalists that were here and we did a kind of a very brief um, straw poll about what we thought was going to happen. And I think almost every single one of us thought that there was a very good chance that Tom and Molly Martins would walk free on the basis of time already served. We kind of thought that the the sentence would be imposed on Thursday, um, but I suspect the judge pretty much prefer if people just got on with it. And things went quite rapidly. So effectively, all of Wednesday morning was taken up by closing arguments. Uh, they finished at 12 o'clock. So he announced at 12 o'clock that he was rising for lunch. He would come back at one o'clock. He would hear the victim impact statements and he would impose sentence. And everything was pretty much done by about half past three, four o'clock. So I suppose the mood in court, it was it was unbelievably emotionally charged. I mean, the closing arguments were what they usually are. They're very technical, they're very long, very much focused on elements of the law, whereas the victim impact statements were just pure, raw, undiluted emotion. Jack and Sarah Corbett, of course, the two children of Jason Corbett, and like they're now 19 and 17 years old, and just what they had to say was just absolutely, you know, beyond any words of mine to try and describe. Well, we're reading, you're reading your copy in the newspaper, Ralph, and, and, and listening to other coverage. These are two most misfortunate, very, very damaged young people, aren't they? 
Oh, they are, PJ. And I think, like, just to put it, like, like, life has been incredibly unfair. No child deserves to go through what these children have gone through. I mean, they lost their mother when they were two years old and younger. Uh, they were eight and ten when they were orphaned by their father being brutally beaten to death. I mean, you know, the death that Jason Corbett met was absolutely shocking. Uh, he was beaten with a metal baseball bat. He was beaten with a concrete paver. He was found naked and bloodstained on the floor. There was blood on the carpet, the walls, the ceiling, even the furniture. And not only that, not only to be orphaned, but to be orphaned by two of the people that really were supposed to care for them and have their best interests in heart, which was their stepmother and their grandfather. So every single thing that in both Jack and Sarah said in their victim impact statements that every single aspect, everything that they knew and loved was left devastated by the actions of Molly Martins and Tom Martins in the early hours of August the 2nd, 2015. Was there any interaction between them across the courtroom? Uh, not really, no. Um, it, it got very, very emotional um, as I sat there and very quickly into Jack's statement, Molly Martin started sobbing midway through Sarah's victim impact statement. The victim impact statements were quite long. The children wrote them themselves. Uh, there was an offer from the assistant district attorneys that they would deliver the victim impact statements for the children if they wished. And both children said no. They wanted their voices heard in the court. Uh, by halfway through Sarah's victim impact statement, Molly Martins was effectively moaning, such was the, the, the frequency of her sobs. At one point, she leaned forward. She kept both hands at her side and she put her face directly down onto the table in front of her. And you could see her shoulders shaking with the sound of her sobs. Uh, there were members of the Martins family got very upset. They were sobbing. Uh, you could see the tears running down the faces of several members of the Corbett family. At one point, I heard sobs behind me. And I just looked over my shoulder and actually one of the American journalists started to cry. So that'll give you an idea of just the extent of emotion in the courtroom. Incredible. Any emotion from, from Tom Martins? No, he stayed stoic. He pretty much uh, focused his, his look on Judge David Hall on the bench. Every so often he would look sideways towards um, the person that was delivering the victim impact statement, but he, he remained calm and composed throughout, which according to his defense lawyers was kind of consistent that they, they, he was described in court as a type A personality, a person that is calm, measured, his life is dominated by logic. So I think that kind of response would be pretty much in keeping with, with how he was described by his own legal team. They will probably both be out before the end of next year. How did that fact go down? Well, the Corbett family have issued a brief statement, and what they've said is that they are disappointed by the, the sentence, of course, in every single one of the eight victim impact statements that were delivered. Um, various members of the Corbett family had called for Judge Hall to impose a sentence at the maximum end of the scale, and that would have been a sentence varying between six and nine years. 
unfortunately, that wasn't going to be the case because Judge Hall ruled out an aggravating factor that had been argued by the prosecution. And he also acknowledged a number of mitigating factors which were submitted by the defense legal teams. A lot of them were technical. One of them actually was the fact that um, under U.S. law, a mitigating factor in, in a lot of or some crimes can be that if a person has served in the U.S. military, if they have been honorably discharged, if they have made a contribution towards the defense of the United States, that is to their credit in a sentencing hearing. And what was said by Judge Hall was that Tom Martins had over 30 years of service in the FBI. He was based uh, in Tennessee. He was a supervisor for various counties in Tennessee and worked on a serious crime squad. He then left the, the FBI and he worked for, he was a counterintelligence operative working for the US Department of Energy. And it was pointed out in court that he actually held the highest level of security that any person can within the US um, defense and security industry. So all of those things counted to his favor. You should point out as well that Tom and Molly Martins had been convicted in 2017 of the second degree murder of Jason Corbett, Mm. and they received sentences of between 20 and 25 years. Now, those sentences were quashed two years ago by the North Carolina Supreme Court, but Tom and Molly Martins had already spent three years and eight months in custody. Now, in the United States, how it works, PJ, is they, they calculate sentences in terms of months rather than years. So in court, what was said was that Tom and Molly Martins had had spent 44 months behind bars and they received full credit for that from Judge Hall. So he imposed a sentence on both defendants of between 51 and 74 months. So how that translates is when you take the 44 months off it, uh, with good behavior, Tom and Molly Martins will be released in seven months' time. So that's roughly around next June. Uh, if there are complicating factors or whatever, they could spend up to a further 30 months in custody, which is two and a half years. But Jay Vanoy, who is one of the solicitors for Tom Martins, basically predicted, he said, Tom Martins will be released in seven months' time. Who's looking after Jack and Sarah now? Yeah, that was one of the most moving parts of the victim impact statements in that both Jack and Sarah spoke about the fact that Molly Martin's actions had cost them everything in the United States, but that they were blessed to find love and care and protection and safety with uh, Jason's sister, Tracy, and her husband, Dave Lynch, uh, who are based in Limerick. And it was very, very moving to hear Tracy and, and another very a very emotional victim impact statement say that, you know, she was married and she had two sons, uh, Dean and Adam, and she said she considers Jack and Sarah to be her children and she has raised them and that Dean and Adam now consider Jack and Sarah to be their brother and sister and that she described it as a blended family unit that has really helped heal together. You wrote a book or you co-wrote a book during the course of this and your coverage of this case. Will you be updating that book now? I don't know, PJ. Um, I think it's probably important for both, I mean, both families, for the Martins and for the Corbett's, for the time to heal, for the dust to settle, and we'll see where we go. This is a case that has been running for eight years, and I suspect there's probably still a few elements of this case yet to play out, but I think 
There was an interview given by Jones Bird, who was another one of the lawyers for Tom Martins. And I think everyone would agree with what he said was that, you know, he was hoping that for everyone involved in the case, that there would be some kind of closure, that it has been a very long and difficult eight years. And he was hoping for a kinder, gentler future for all of those involved. Ralph, I know you're there for a few more days, a bit more work to do. Thank you for your assistance over the last couple of days, and I wish you well. Thanks, Ralph. Thanks, BJ. Ralph, thanks, Ralph. Ralph Regal of the Irish Independent uh, from Lexington, North Carolina. 0818, or Lexington. I keep calling it Lexington. Lexington, North Carolina. 0818, 96, 96, 96. <laughs> There's another story this morning. Um, one of my, you know me, one of my big things with this retrofitting racket in the in the houses, and look, people have retrofit their houses, and it works out very well for them. And the best of luck to you if you're doing it and want to get yourself back to a B grade or an A grade or whatever grade you're having yourself. I hope you have plenty of money set aside. I'm reading from the Examiner today. Sean Murray has a good piece. The average homeowner is facing a bill of nearly forty thousand euro for one of these deep retrofit jobs. This is after they claim their grants, the maximum amount of grants, whatever grants they're entitled to. And look, there are grants out there. And the grants are relatively generous as grants go. But they don't even we used to we're saying for months here, they don't even take the sting out of the cost. If you want to retrofit your home, you're looking at an average this according to a survey, and the SA, the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland told the Public Accounts Committee of the Oireachtas yesterday that um, there's been a sharp increase in the number of property upgrades and the number of grant applications. Uh, the chief executive of the SEAI, a man called William Walsh, said the country is starting to feel the real impact of climate change. The system is working to address climate change. We need to build greater capacity system-wide. And there are a range of grants and supports, some of them quite generous. But on average, even with those grants, and here's the numbers, and the numbers don't lie. Here's the numbers. Even with the grants from the Sustainable Energy Association of Ireland, to get your house to an A rating, you're looking at 39000 €388 per house. Per house. So it's very, very expensive. Who has that kind of money? Who has that kind of money to put into their house? Particularly if the house is grand around you as it is. But we're we're saying it for years. And, you know, there's a pushback from people who talk about retrofitting as if it was the best thing ever invented since the sliced pan. I remember talking to a woman a few months ago who'd gone for it and the amount of money that she was having to put. And you have to pay it all first and then you get your grants back. And I remember there was a man did a spreadsheet for us here uh, a year or two ago for, for myself and Fergal. And he was a fellow, look, he said, I can afford this. I'm, I'm lucky enough to have money and I can afford to do this. But with every cent of grant taken into account, he was still looking at over €40,000. Who's got that kind of money? And if you have that kind of money, you're going to put it into your children's education. Or or, or something like that. 
But there's the facts and figures now. So those who say we've been talking out of the wrong end of ourselves for months, and I've been accused here of doing down uh, climate, the, the climate change movement, and I, I don't. I, I'm not a fool. I get it. There's climate change. I get it. It's, it's, it's a problem. And you, you look at what happened to the people in Middleton and Glanmire. Climate change surely is paying playing a role in what's happening to them and will continue to happen to people like that. But there's the proof. To do your house up to A grade, €40,000. Including the grants on the axe-wielding individual who's now in custody after the incident at Corona Brewer. Uh, guard the station, Paul Byrne of Virgin Media News is bringing us up to speed on that at the top of the show. We will podcast that interview later so you can get more detail. But it would appear that he was trying to see somebody at Cork Prison. He had been refused access to see a relative of his at Cork Prison. This is his story and he found that the only way, or he felt that the only way to get in to see his relative loved one was to cause a scene and get remanded, which is probably what's going to happen. Um, Mick says they should send him to Limerick Prison now. Uh, and if it were the US, Kiran points out, and Kiran is not wrong, Kiran points out if it was the US, there's a good chance he'd have been shot. You're not wrong, Kiran. And Dennis says he has no guarantee of being remanded to Cork. Um, PJ says he is relative. The judge, for spite, might remand him to Mount Joy or Wheatfield. Possible, Dennis, but unlikely. Most people that go to Cork District Court, most men anyway, women are sent to Limerick because that's where the women's prison is, but most men that come before Cork District Court and are remanded are remanded to to Cork Prison. You could be sent elsewhere, but I would say fairly unlikely. On Joseph Pushka, the man who murdered, brutally murdered, Ashling Murphy, uh, he will be sentenced next week. It's a mandatory life imprisonment. We don't yet have, and I wish we did, we don't yet have, uh, judges don't yet have the right to recommend that someone spends no less or no more, no less than a certain amount in prison. It'll be 12 years before Pushka can even consider applying for parole. That's about as much of a limit as we have. But 20 years then is rough. Most people, most people that do life in this country spend about 14 to 16 years in prison. But uh, you can't apply. They changed that law a couple of years ago. You can't apply until you're 12 years in now for even a hint of, of parole. In Britain, they have, and we heard it earlier in the summer, uh, that, uh, was it Letby? Letby, the nurse, the, the nurse who, who killed all those babies, was she got a life tariff. She will die in prison. They have life tariffs in the UK. They have minimum tariffs in the UK. A judge in the UK could jail Pushka next week and say you must serve a minimum of 25 years. They can do that in the UK. They can't do that here. Frank says the English system is far better when it comes to life minimum or maximum. Yeah. So life sentence for Joseph Pushka um, probably out probably out 15, 16 years. Probably. 0818969696 Now to East Cork and the last surviving cobbler's shop shoe shop, shoe repair shop in Middleton, Cane Shoe Repair, there on the Cork Road it's there for years, there for 40 years now, it's closing, was closed, closed for the last time uh, last week 
the gaffer there, uh, Dave Kane, is hanging up his leather apron and putting away his tools after after 40 odd years in, in a very unique trade, a trade that I would have sort of thought was, was kind of a dying trade, but, but it's not, Dave, is it? There, there, there's only a few of you left, so it's not a dying trade at all. But how come, how come you're packing it in, mate? Good morning. It's, it was pain, PJ. I have back problems and hand problems and shoulder problems. Unfortunately, work-related, so I just I couldn't keep going. Couldn't keep at it. In May, this May, yeah, May, we were, just before we went on holidays, three days before we went on holidays, I got I a savage pain in my back. Mm. Normally, I'd take a couple of days off. In the last two or three years, I'd take a couple of days off and would sort, went off on holidays, came back. And just no good. Long old days bent over. Do you still use an all? Yeah. All the old tools, I'd, I'd be, I'd be old-fashioned. I'd be an old-fashioned shoe repair. I was taught the old-fashioned way. Remember, actually, one day, it's a good while ago, you were on the radio looking to get your sandals fixed. <laughs> God, that's a you few remember, years you ago remember now. That? that was years ago, and I was going to call up because I don't live far away from you. Yeah, there was someone did do it for me afterwards, a pair of Spanish sandals with a back strap on them, yeah, Avarcus, they were called. Yeah. You were saying the queen bee, the queen bee wants to throw them out. <laughs> That's right. She, she eventually did, to be fair. She eventually did. to my wife, so. There you go. Do people still get their shoes repaired, David? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd stay down there forever. I wouldn't have left only for my health. You know what I mean? They, like this. I would have y'all done Gavin, done Mel, <laughs> for my... There's no one. The nearest to me, I was, we'd say Middleton, and then next to me was Waterford. And that's the problem. You were the only cobbler for miles, so... Miles, yeah, yeah. And I had people from Glenmoyer, and I had people from Carrigaline, and I I used to do work for McGee's in Donegal. Right. Believe it or not, they, they, they were at a wedding and they came down and met me and they started sending shoes. They started sending shoes down after that. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a good business. It's a shame. People don't go into it. But unfortunately, it's the way the world is going, teacher. How did you learn the trade? My father. My father taught. There was three, three myself, my two brothers, two of them are gone. They, they, they passed away, but... We were all, he taught all of us what to do. And then I was a fitter for, for a number of years. And then he was, he had four shops, five shops, and he was closing them down. And we all got a shop each. Right. And he went off down to Femai by himself. And then my two brothers gave up the work. And I'm 41 years in Middleton. You said that people are still anxious to get shoes repaired. Oh, that yeah. com- comes as a little bit of a surprise to me, Dave, given that so much in life now is disposable. If, if the shoes go a bit wonky, you throw them out and buy a new pair. But but no. I, 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 some shoe repairs wouldn't do certain things now, and I, I do everything. I'm a shoe repair, so I would do everything. If you came in and there was only a tiny little stitch, I'll do it. If the buckles are broken, I'll put two buckles on instead of replacing one so that it would match. I used to repair shoes for people with short legs, like people with orthopedic problems. That's killing me to leave for that reason because I met a, a young girl from Caragalloy and she came down to me because she, she had no one to do it for her son. He's only about eight, eight or nine, I think. Eight. Mm-hmm. I'd meet her down then at Douglas Garda station. 
she gave me the shoes because she wouldn't have me coming up and down then from Cargilline. Very I, personal service. Yes, yeah, and, and I have generations. I I had I met a girl at Milton there the other day and she, um, her mother was in the cabra and unfortunately her mother was after flooding. The house was after flooding. Yeah. But I knew, I, I know her mother. I know this girl. I know that girl's daughter. I know that girl's daughter has a little boy. So I know him. <laughs> so the generation, it's funny how you get to, I actually know more people. I would know more people in Middleton. Were you hit by the floods last month? No, I was very lucky. On the Cock Road, I got, I got, I got I, there's not much. We very rarely flood. Yeah. But it's very, very, very sad. I know a lot of them down there now and, ah, oh, yeah. Stop. I went into one girl there now, Eleanor, she's a lollipop kid's shoe shop. Mm. And destroyed, destroyed. Nothing in it, like just tore back to the bare walls. That's right. sad, like that's tragic. That's and you know, these people work so hard. People don't realize the amount of work it takes to run a small business. Yeah. People, like small businesses don't get helped. You know, you'd listen to big companies there and they get, they get, you know, like tax subsidies and they get away with this and they get away with that. And yet then you have small businesses and they don't help them as much. Like, yeah. okay, now the government are good, they're giving, but they won't, they won't all get 20,000. It depends on your income and your salary, you know what I mean? Yes, of course. And, and it won't all come that quickly either. No, no. And I mean, like Eleanor, no, Eleanor has flooded three or four times, I think. She's definitely flooded twice in the shop she's in now. And that girl is so determined to keep her business going. You couldn't believe it. Like, You know, it's, it's just happening. It is. And they waste millions. They waste so much money on yeah. other items. Other, other things. You'd wonder, yeah. like, would that money be better spent with yeah. the people in Middleton? Yeah. 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 How will you pass the time now? I, well, I have a fella, he's on the radio there. He, he, I, I call him my friend PJ. <laughs> and I listen to him every day at work. So when I come home, when I come home from work, I'd be inside in the kitchen and I'd be talking about something that came up during the day and all my kids would say, oh no, he's friend PJ. <laughs> so you're, you're famous in my house. And whether you know it or not, I've actually spoke to you twice before. Have you now? Because my daughter went to Regina Monday. All right, okay. So you were in Regina Monday. My, my, my daughter was there, yeah. God, it's a very yeah. small world, my man. Small world, very small. small. Well, I wish I wish you well with your retirement. I, I I think it'll be an active one. I hope that old back of yours stops playing up. I know what it's like to have trouble with, with your back. Yeah, you, you, I often heard you say it, yeah. But, I, you know, you know I, I hope and I wish that Middleton will pick itself up. All the people in Middleton, all the customers I've had down through the years, and I'd like to thank all those customers because they're, they're, they're thanking me in their droves. I'd like to thank them for giving me what I have. I hope that, they, that they, when Middleton is up and running again, that they'll all support them for Christmas and try and, you know, mm. help. Because it's not easy to have a small business. And one thing we learned in the few weeks since that storm hit, they are fantastic people and resilient yeah. people and they will yeah. come back. They will they come will back. Come back for me, it's home. I used to, I, used to, I, go, I, I never thought about going to work. I get up in the morning, jump in the car, and I couldn't wait to get down to Middleton. And the people there, like I, all, I, I, I've seen a lot of them go, and a lot of them pass away because we're there so long. But the friendship in the whole area, like all the businesses, I know all more. I would, I would know sixty percent maybe of the people down the town 
because your businesses are come and go. But it's a lovely town. Oh, you've had a lot of happiness down there. The crack was mighty down there. Mighty. I'm sure a lot of people down there are very grateful to you too for what you yeah. did for them over the years. Dave, I wish you well in your retirement. Take care thank of yourself. You. Thank you very, very much. You have the opportunity to thank all these people and I'm glad I got the opportunity. You're more than welcome. Thanks, Dave. If you need, if you need a sandal or anything done like that, I'm doing old fox of you. <laughs> You're a legend. Thank you, sir. All right, I'll see you, PJ. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Yeah, I said this um, an hour ago when we started the programme. Look at your calendar. Uh, it is time to start preparing for the Christmas because six weeks today six weeks today we will be finishing up for the Christmas holidays so it'll be upon you before you know it don't be one of these people that goes ah sure it is miles it's aged away yet and then you'll be around on the 20th of December going what the hell am I going to do trust me when I tell you the next six weeks will pass very very quickly speaking of which business insider I love this. Business Insider surveyed business, of course they did, and they surveyed their own staff for the presence for the man who has everything. Now, I yet don't yet know a man who has everything. I'm very careful how you use your words here, PJ, but do you know yourself? But they went around the office and they did a good article on this, a long article now, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, on <clears throat> the gift for the man who has or thinks he has everything. And you wanted they wanted to keep their budget reasonably small. No, they said a hundred bucks, hundred dollars. I'm not too sure some of the stuff on the list will be a hundred dollars, but we'll see. <laughs> Would you buy somebody a personal fireplace? What? A personal fireplace. It's like a it's like a screen, like a telly, but it's a fireplace. It doesn't do anything like heat in a room or anything. It just looks like a fireplace. And you put it in the corner and you turn it on and it looks like you... Right, okay. Tommy John's loungewear. Are you one of these people that goes home, one of these men in particular? I know I do. I have a couple of really raggy, saggy, baggy, manky old tracksuits and hoodies that I throw on when I'm at home. And I have to hide them. Do you know what I mean? Because I love them. They're like old teddy bears. But they'll be thrown out on me one of these days. Tommy John's loungewear is the thing. Slipper socks. If anybody gave me slipper socks, I'd choke them with them. So I would. Now, here's one I like. An alarm clock that simulates a sunrise. Like between now and sort of the middle to end of February, I really miss it in the morning. When my alarm goes off at stupid o'clock in the morning, I really miss the the light of the morning. I'd like that one. This is a Philips Smart Sleep alarm clock that has a light in it. And when the alarm goes off, it fills the room with light that they say is like sunrise. 
I like that one. You could buy someone a jigsaw puzzle. Do you play golf? Do you have a golfer in the house? An at-home putting green. Uh, a herb garden. An indoor herb garden. You could buy a fella a few steaks. And I never heard of this. I'm sure only in America. A cheese melting pan. So what? A cheese melting pan. A portable projector for watching movies on. I like that one. A new strap for his Apple Watch. Buy him an Apple Watch. There's a cool present. Bone conduction headphones for people who can't get earbuds to fit. Do they work? Does anybody ever have any, anybody ever used those? You see them, all the sexy ads come up on Facebook of these bone conduction headphones that don't go into the ear. They clip onto the bones behind your ear. Doesn't sound too hectic, but they're told, I'm told it works. A karaoke microphone. Here's the thing. Best investment if you have a reader in the house, someone who likes to read, I have one of these myself, and it's one of the best things I ever bought. An Amazon Kindle Paperweight. What a wonderful thing. I love those. Um, tickets to see a gig. So, for the man who has, or the woman who has everything, give me an unusual present. So, tell me the person that six weeks from now, you want to hand them a present, and you want to surprise them. So, someone you know well, but you know them better than they think you know them. Give me a person and present. Give me an idea for a present for someone that will completely take their breath away. It's only six weeks, lads. Do you know what I mean? 0818 96 96 96. Now, Mary, you have a youngster going to Kloster on Craving in Fromoy. And you got in touch with us because there was an incident in the last couple of days in the school and you're worried. Morning. Good morning, PJ. Well, my child came home from school and, you know, the way they come in they tell you, you know, listen, I'll tell you what's happening kind of thing and then it became apparent that there had been a number of students who were in the bathroom and were under the influence. I, I don't know, but apparently the people involved were in an off condition. Some of them were being carried out to the hallway. And one of them was like bent over. Others were crying. And when the parents of those involved were coming to school, they all came to the school distraught. What age kids are we talking here? Um, second and third year. I was saying 13, 14 kind of age. Now, apparently, it all happened in the toilet. The guardie attended the school, there was ambulances attended the school. I tried to make contact with the school to verify the story. I tried again this morning. There's a messaging service um, that pops up when you ring the school. I tried to make contact through the app so I could send an email to the school and absolutely nothing. No response whatsoever. I know in all, all the parents, you know, they between us, we were contacting each other mm. um, yesterday and today and saying, you know, is this correct? You know, mm. somebody said it was a CBD vape that was laced with spice. The vape. Else, yeah. Yes. Okay. Somebody else said it was um, weed, um, but then they didn't think that was correct considering the condition. And you know also, the way these things happen, Mary. Something happens in school. Child brings it home. Child A brings home a story. Child B, child C. Exactly. All, all the stories are different. You, as a parent of a child in the school, you just want to know exactly what went I on. I just want to. I just want to know, and all, not even, not for, 
being nosy or intrusive, you know, of anybody's family, you know, nothing for that reason. But God forbid somebody else has whatever that is in their bag and went home last night. Mm-hmm. And God forbid that they decide that whether it's tonight or the weekend, whatever, and they take that and there's nobody around to find these people. Mm. You're not happy but, with the response no, of the school I'm management not. or the lack I of it? There's no response. Like, as I said, I'm ringing all... I may know, like, since half past eight this morning. I'm ringing since half past eight this morning. And I just want to make sure that there is no family in this school whose child could potentially have a drug that could have this effect. You mentioned one of the theories is it might have been a vape that had had something else put into it. Is, Is vaping a thing in the school? Oh, a huge thing, yeah. They're being offered vapes. The first year, like that I know, has been offered to buy vapes, um, and they're constantly being confiscated in school. Does you you sc- can see if you walk down the main street of Fermoy on a Wednesday, you will see the kids with their vapes. And at the end of the day, PJ, this is what they are: kids with yeah. the vapes. The amount of vape shops in the town is ridiculous, um, and the amount of young people smoking vapes. Shocking. Well, we heard this week that the law is about to be changed. I don't. I don't think it can come a day too soon. No, no, not a hundred percent. No, look, you know, it is what it is. You know, with the school, but at the end of the day, there were some children who were under the influence of drugs in the school yesterday. Where did they get these drugs? Why did they not send out anything? A text. We're constantly being texted for money mm-hmm. and emails for money. Why can't they text us to say an incident occurred in the school? Um, we are, you know, we are aware of it. We are managing it. Um, please be extra vigilant with your child tonight. You're just a parent that wants to know from the school exactly what happened and what are you doing about it. And, exactly. And there's been no communication. We did contact the guard, the press office. You said that Gardaí were on the scene. We contacted them with a view to maybe getting a statement from the guard, the press office. Yeah. Would you, are you are you worried about about um, teenagers and the things they're experimenting with, like 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 vapes and spice? For goodness' sake, like Peter, like you walk through town there now, and it's I seen um, a young woman a couple of weeks ago, and she was definitely under the influence of spice. What does it do to them? I think it's like a zombie. It's like a zombie drug. I don't know. I don't know. Like. Look, I'm not on. I don't know drugs, you know. Yeah. But like I've seen reports on it, and I've seen you know stuff on you know the telly and whatever. Like the person and you it, saw, what yeah. did you notice about them? Like in a zombie-like condition, and this poor young woman, like PJ, she was screaming, and it was this her body, like the top half to her body, her lower half of her body, it was like as if they weren't even connected. She right. was in such a shape. There's no possible way that you couldn't have been under the influence. Yeah. What, what, what age of a person are we talking here? Mid-twenties. God. You know, and at the back of Dunn's there, a young boy, maybe late teens, very early twenties, and he was just bent over, just bent over, like, you know, like in those, just say for argument's sake, you know, like that Michael Jackson video thriller. I do. And where, you know, the zombies are going around and whatever. That poor boy, like somebody's son, at the end of the day. Spice. You know? We've all seen the videos of Spice. You go on YouTube yeah. or TikTok or any one of those, you'll see you'll see videos of Spice. And what I think, come back to where we started, Mary, 
you're calling on the school, you're, you're pleading with the school to issue some kind of a statement. As I said, PJ, there could be anyone, like, you know, I don't think in court, no, you know, maybe across the, even the country, that there hasn't been a family affected by, by um, drugs, you know, or touched by drugs. Mm-hmm. And I am just saying there could have been very well a family today in Cork who wo- who woke up and went to wake their child this morning and their child didn't wake up. And, like, I know people might say, oh, geez, she's exaggerating or whatever, but this is reality for some people. How the hell did these drugs get into a school? Considering they're policing them in the morning, where's your tie, where's your proper shoes, no phones. Yeah. Thank God there was like that they brought in the room no phones this year. Um, that there wasn't somebody out recording these people in in the condition that they were in. Thing entirely. There's another. You thing know, Barry. Okay. If it comes, we'll certainly read it. And if you get anything, you might come back to us with it. I will. I will. Like I say, I'm try, trying all morning and nothing. Thanks very much for your call. Thank you very much. Oh, there we are. Actually, just literally there as, as uh, Mary's going off the phone, I have a statement. Thanks, lads. Comes from the Cork Education and Training Board, which is the Cork ETB, uh, under which umbrella Kalosht and Craveen comes. And they say that they can confirm on Garda Shikona and the emergency services were on site at Kalosht and Craveen in response to a medical incident at the school. The incident was successfully managed and Cork ETB and Colosht and Craving would like to thank the Gardaí and the emergency services for their assistance. The statement doesn't go into the detail of what happened, but they just say it was response to a medical incident. Weren't we talking about it earlier in the week with regard to Carrie Nafoy School where the doors have been taken off the toilets and one of the ideas behind it, and it's happening all over the UK as well, I was just doing some reading and some listening, they're taking doors off toilets now, main doors off toilets because of the amount of vaping that's going on in the toilets. And and one of the theories, as Mary was saying there to me, one of the theories is that uh, it was a vape that someone got spice into. It's a theory. There's nothing to back it up, but it's, it's a theory. But just know there was an incident. Look, schools can't check every pocket. They can't check every bag. They can't check every pencil case but thanks for that we, we, we reached out looking for a statement and we got that back this morning from the Cork Education and Training Board I hope that that answers at least some of Mary's uh, quite natural and quite understandable curiosity 0818 96, 96 96 coming up would you remember this would you remember Would you remember the base odyssey from the 90s? If you were clubbing in the 90s, would you remember the base odyssey? They were from Cork. Well, one of them is still making music in the United States. I'll catch up with him next. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Listen to Cork's 96 FM on your smart speaker. Play. Press play and step to the beat. Simply say, play Cork's 96 FM. Few of your ideas coming in for the gifts for the person who has everything or thinks they have. Something that 
would show them how well you know them and maybe tell them you know them better than they think you know them or they might be horrified that could happen too Alison that might you know, I, I, I kind of rethink that I don't think your mother would be too impressed <laughs> oh, 0818 96, 96, 96 yeah the base odyssey they were big in the 90s if you were a clubber in Cork in the 90s you couldn't but come across uh, the base odyssey they were everywhere Last Man Back is the new identity of Alan O'Keefe, uh, who was part of Cork Base Odyssey. I'm reading in the Echoes series of articles, Timothy O'Mahony catching up with Cork people around the world. And it's amazing how many of them I actually know <laughs> that knew, knew them in the 90s, knew them in the noughties. And Alan is, is no exception. Uh, went off, what, early noughties after remote control soul. Uh, I can't believe he's 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 on the end of the line. He's after getting up in in the middle of the night to talk to me. Um, how are you doing, Alan? Good morning. Morning, PJ. How are you doing? Um, been in the states now about seventeen, eighteen years. So getting out of it, yeah. New York first, and we're up in Connecticut now. So yeah. And did you just decide we're out of here or what? Well, you know. I was with Graham Finn, who was my partner in Base Odyssey, and we, you know, we were just involved in music, and we decided to go there for a year and write and record a record and an album. That turned into three years, and then that's it. We're still there. And that album never got recorded, by the way. You did not? <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember yourself and Graham making music around the place, and you were ahead of your time, to, to be fair. You, Thank you. Yeah. Kind of the original story, wasn't it, of the musician in America, you know, gigging and pulling points? Well, you know, it, it, just the community and the Irish community over there, PJ, as well, you know, there's a sense of home there. Mm. And, you know, the bars and all the gang and, you know, the music. And it was a great scene. And we just fell into that. And, you know, just making a few bob and paying the bills. And, mm. and you know, there's, there's plenty of bars and clubs over there. So yeah. plenty of work. They yeah. call it the land of opportunity, and I suppose in the nineties, well, I mean, we had we we were in trouble here, jobs wise, but there was plenty of opportunity there. There was, uh, so we yeah we made a beeline for it. We got the opportunity, you know, we got a visa for a year, and then extended it for three years, and and that was it. Just great inspiration musically, and just meeting people and you know, mm. networking, as they say, you know. Yeah, and then the move out to Connecticut was when a few years ago. We're up in Connecticut now. We built a house up there three years ago, myself and my wife. And, you know, just the rat race in New York and Brooklyn. My wife is originally from Long Island, so I was working behind the bar. And she came in and she made me bread. And being an Irishman, a Corkman, she made lovely, lovely, lovely sourdough bread. And she it. made you bread? She did. <laughs> Brought it in the next week again. So there it is. There we are now. Connecticut is very different, I'd say, to to New York. It is. We're an hour and forty five minutes north of Manhattan, um, in the country, just outside New Milford, Kent, Connecticut. That's lovely. We're loving it up there. You know, it's it's different, quiet mm. life. But you know, we're not too far from the hustle and bustle. If we want to pop down, you know, to see a gig or shows and you know restaurants, it's all there. Is there an Irish community? There is, there's a, there is, there is. I mean, everywhere you go, there's an Irish community, PJ camp. You know, you find this everywhere. But you know, there's definitely, a, there's definitely a little get together up there. You know, and again, there's a Litchfield Irish community. Um, I've met them a couple of them, a couple of Cork lads there. Oh, I was just going to say, any Cork accents? 
there is a couple of lads from the north side. There's two lads from the north side up there, so they've outnumbered me, me being a south sider. So that's <laughs> great. Uh, you know, it, it's lovely to see some, hear some familiar voices anyway, at least. Is it still the land of opportunity? America's very much changed from when you went there first. It has. I mean, it, it is. It, it really is. Um, it has changed quite a bit in the last couple of years, but there's still a lot of you know Irish going over there, a lot of people going there. You know, there's, if you want to do something, anything, you know, there's an opportunity there, definitely. You know, it's really rough though compared to Cork at times. Uh, I mean, it, it is. It depends on where you are. It really is, you know. Um, yeah, look, the, the, only, the, only, the only hassle we have now where we are is bears. Bears? <laughs> bears, PJ. That's it. Yeah, we have an issue with bears up there. Black bears. Get away. Yeah. Like, how close would they come to you? He'd be in the window at you, looking in the window at you. Go on. Well, they would. So no food left out. That's the secret. That's it. <laughs> Hang on. So yeah. the most I see here, if I look out the window at night, is a stray cat. Um, <laughs> ba- bears. Yeah, bears. Yeah, that'd be it now up there. And is there a danger they'd come in the window? They wouldn't come in the window. I think they're kind of like scared as well. But no, just don't leave any food around. Yeah. They're good to go. And are they dangerous up if you met one too closely? If there's a cub around, you wouldn't want to be getting too close. No. With the mother and the cub, do not get in between them at all, and then you're in trouble. Let's <laughs> say <laughs> you are. In trouble, lad. Yep. Let's say you are. Are there guns in Connecticut? There is. There is. The, there's a licensed firearm. Um, you can be a, a permit holder for gun holder or whatever in Connecticut, yeah. Not my scene. No, it's not an open carry state. We know that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, because we're in the country, so it's farmland, you know, woods. There's the lakes, so there's a lot of hunting up there. So, yeah, there'd be guns around, all right. Yeah, but again, as I said, not my, not my. You'd hear them in the, you'd hear them in the distance and stuff like that. You know, fellas doing target practice and stuff like that in the evenings. Yeah, but yeah, it's some contrast between uh, the bright lights of Brooklyn, as it were. Long Island and Manhattan out to the country that took all out into like what forests and lakes like you know but like you know 70, as I said 17, 18 years in, 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 in Brooklyn with people on top of you people below you to the left and the right of you you know and we just got a really we were lucky to have a good opportunity to, to build up there and get a little bit of property and and as I said it's you know it's two hours down on the train up and down you know you know, as I said, if you wanted to go down to see anything, a show or gigs or bands coming into town or even gangs like friends of ours coming over for a visit or whatever, you know, we'd pop down and have a night out and head back up along, no problem. Yeah, the old public transport's a bit better than it is at home, I'd say. It is. It is. It's pretty it's pretty, pretty reliable <laughs> at all times as well, you know. So I mean I you know, I still I work in Manhattan myself as well, PJ. Oh do you? So I, I do. I'm um uh, I work as an art handler in in the art production, you know, installation and shipping art and stuff. So I'd be down in Manhattan quite a bit. What's that? Setting up exhibitions and things, is it? Exactly, exactly. You know, taking them down, packing and shipping them from gallery to gallery, or you know, and private ownerships and stuff like that. So yeah, that's what I that's what I do for the few bob. Pretty cool. Nice work. Enjoy the work. 
I mean, yeah, it's great. It's different every day. Mm. You know, you're dealing with different things, sculptures, paintings, everything. It's great. You know, keeps me interested anyway. You know. There's a there's an addition, a new addition to the family soon. There is. There is. My wife is pregnant now, so uh, we're over the moon. And uh, baby girl on the way. When? She'll be here 7th of April. 7th of April, my brother's birthday. Oh, magic, magic. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, so we're uh, we're, we're very, very happy. Good, and all going well in place here. Um, Thank you, thank you, people. Do you get home much? I should ask you, is Cork always home? Always. Always, it'll never not be home. You You didn't hesitate for a second. Not at all. No, it's it's, it's home. Like I, uh, you're from Nuns Walk originally. Nuns Walk, born and bred, right up there. How often do you get back? I a couple of years back, I'd get I'd be home quite often. You know, two three times a year. It's kind of getting a bit less now, especially then when COVID hit. Yeah, we weren't home for two years, and yeah, I mean, there's always there's always something going on back home. You know, like birthdays and this and that and. So any chance I get, we're 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 on a plane back. Yeah, so. you still wander down for the point and walk around the lock. I do. I have my little uh, routine, and that's it. Really, I'll land, say hello to everyone, and then I'll be like, all right. I'll go for my walk down around the lock. Yeah, up Holder Road and down in Barrack Street. Same routine. Same routine. In around town, just to kind of get the feel of it, you know. Pop into the Abbey and Tom Barry's down along, and then into the Oval, into the Mutton. Say hello, and then back out. Pure cork like. Oh yeah, listen, listen. I miss it. I crave it. I crave it. I, like, I, I'm just not myself if I don't get it, you know. And the fella who married the Yank, how does Ali take to it? She, she has to get used to it. To be honest with you, <laughs> that's the way it is. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first cork man to say that. Now, to be fair, <laughs> she's well used to it now. Though, but she, listen, she'll be doing those. She does the walk with me now too. So cool. And then the cup. And next, this time next year, it'll be three of us doing the walk. So. Brilliant. You're still making tunes. Um, your new stuff, I gotta tell you, and I'm not blowing smoke where it shouldn't be blown. I love it. It reminds me of old Johnny Marr guitar solos from the Smiths era. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, big hero of mine, you know, Johnny Marr. Love it. One of the best guitarists out there, in my view. Yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, listen, I love music. I've been making music since I can remember. Yeah. Um, this is kind of my first my first job at doing it on my own, you know, and just being the creative, like just me. It's it's literally just me. Mm-hmm. And um, I've never had that. I've never done that before. So, and you know, the music's always been in, in there. So now I have an opportunity to just just do it, and you know, at this day and age, you can do it all yourself. Have a little studio set up in the house, um, little recording, and then I'll go down to Brooklyn because that's where I've like, you know, as I was talking about earlier, the community. So I'd have like friends of mine who were drummers and bass player, whatever, you know. So I'd, and I'd go down to Brooklyn, record in the studio there, and yeah, you know, I demo it at home, and yeah, I've kind of got a little routine now, so I'm really enjoying it, like. All right. Listen, great catching up with you after all these years, fella. Oh, PJ. You too, bud. Great to talk to you. Take care of yourself. My best to the missus and to the little baby when she comes along. Take care. On the ball. Thank you, PJ. Great to talk to you. And to you, Alan. God, it's been so long. And he he's, he's as laid back now as he was back then. Alan O'Keefe, if he was any more laid back, he'd fall over. <laughs> you, you'd find his new tune, Last Man Back, 
is uh, the that he goes under last man back now. I, I, it's brilliant actually. Crossed fingers is the name of the song. You'll find it on Spotify or wherever you get your your tunes these days. Well worth a listen. I found it and I put it straight into my personal playlist. Good music from a good Corkman. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie Cork's 96 FM Listen to your favourite shows on the go. Download the Cork's 96FM app. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we had this query earlier in the week with regard to the Christmas lights in Cork. And you can see them going up now every morning as you drive into town. The, the trucks are there, the electricians are there, and the engineers. And it's all going to look lovely when it starts. And it will be the 18th of November when they turn them on. Uh, the focus this year is not on Bishop Lucy Park. That's that's out of the equation this Christmas. Uh, Emmett Place is where the, the real magic will happen. And the theme this year is they're calling it Corkmas. I like that. I do. But we still don't know what the story is with regard to an official actual switch on. Uh, we used to love those events down on Patrick Street. You'd have Santa and you'd have the band and you'd have the choir and you'd have just, just fun for a couple of hours, usually of a Sunday evening or a Saturday evening. Didn't happen because of COVID for obvious reasons and then never came back after COVID for not very obvious reasons. Uh, and we had that message during the week asking to know, will there be an actual switch on? Uh, Councillor John Maher of the Labour Party was looking into it for us. John, will there be an actual switch on? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, unfortunately, I suppose I'm like the Grinch at the moment because the answer is I don't know. But at this stage in timing, I assume that there isn't um, in, in the shape and size that we once knew it with the, the big gathering, as you described. 
um, in Partrick Street, um, you know, with the big stage and, and the lights being turned on and all that. So um, as of now, um, <laughs> I think it's safe to say is that there won't be one, which yeah. is very frustrating. And if there is, then it hasn't been communicated to elected reps. Mm. Does anybody know, John, why you didn't come back post-COVID? Well, PJ, last year, myself and other councillors now, to be fair, put in a motion uh, flagging this. Um, you know, and again, I understand sometimes that motions can be just go, you know, you just go through the go through the process. But I find it frustrating because back then we we asked, and, and during COVID, we heard the saying, "Reimagine Cork and reimagine and do things differently." Um, and one of the answers last year was given to us was on health and safety. Now, at the time, and on the floor of chamber, I I kind of said, "Well, guys, maybe that we created um, that." potentially that we added to that danger because of the way it was all corralled into Partick Street. And obviously because the crowds were too big, which is a positive. Yeah. But there was ways of doing it differently and we fought the corner at the time. Many councillors were, were in uh, were in, uh, in agreements, which rarely happens, um, you know, that, that we could have it, you know, across the city. I mean, for me, Oliver Plunkett Street is my favourite street. Yeah. That's just a personal thing. So did we, you know, on the night, we could have several launches and sure now with technology and what, whatever, that we could link that all in. Absolutely. That it would spill out into the city, and more importantly, that we would divide the festivity, the chair, the people, their money, across the city. And the idea now that we just don't have it, um, and I think it's important to say, PJ, uh, is that Cork would be brilliant for Christmas. Yeah, Cork, the, the Emmett Place plan looks very exciting. What's going down there? It, yeah, it's, it's, it's called Solace. Um, again, all I know is I got an invite yesterday to come down and see the launch with it on Friday. That's all I know, PJ. I don't know anything else. Okay. Again, I'm frustrated at that. And the idea that something... Like, what, I th- what I'm trying to get at is that we just came out the, over the jazz weekend. There was pop-up events throughout the city. Saturday and Sunday, I spent in the city walking around. It was brilliant, despite yeah. the bad weather. It was absolutely fantastic. And I'm one of those fellas that went from gig to gig to outside gig you know I had a good jacket and, and it was the city was electric mm. and we can do it for the jazz and then that you know we can't do it on a more formal setting for Christmas frustrates me because there is no better place to be I, I'm a sales rep and I cover Clare, Cork, Kerry Limerick, Tipperary Waterford and Kilkenny and I genuinely mean I do have a bias because I'm an elected rep but there's something magical about Cork City. Oh, stop. Um, Who are you telling? There really is, and you know... I, just, I can't wait to see, as I drive in on the first morning, that they're testing him, when they start testing him, I drive in around there onto the Grand Prix to see the lights on. It'll bring a smile to a stone, John. It, it does, it does. So we still have that magic. But again, just the idea that we don't celebrate it on a bigger scale and have that launch, and again... 20-odd years ago, I worked at McDonald's and I used to read it. <laughs> it was the one day that you were duck for cover and you never got home, you never finished on time and no matter how prepared you were, it still wasn't enough because it brought that bounce to the city. You didn't then, mind a minute of it though, did you? No, 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 and you didn't. And you know what? You've got kids. Do you know what? Everyone is a kid on that day. Whether you're the oldest or the youngest, everyone is a kid and that magic of Christmas is down there in the, in the pit of your stomach and it's bouncing around in the excitement. And I just think that we, as a city council, you know, that we could be doing a bit better to launch it. It would complement the businesses within the city. I know my, my, my sister and my nephew, they'd always go for a bite to eat first, so 
the businesses are doing well, the restaurants are doing well, they'd go down, they'd get an ice cream, and afterwards we go for a pint. Yeah. You know, so it was a win-win-win. And yeah. that'll still happen, but I think as a city council, um, considering that councillors brought this to the floor, um, you know, that we should be having a bigger launch yeah. uh, for it. And, you know, yeah. and that's important. Another idea that came in during the week um, in, in relation to a story that made the headlines was the could we put Christmas lights on them blasted pallets on the most as you call them the most expensive seats in Cork could we put Christmas lights on them TJ I, <laughs> I'm sure now there's a deal going in little for so, solar lights um, solar Christmas <laughs> lights that we could throw on them now I, I want to do something else with those pallets but um, <laughs> you know I keep in the festive no, bonfire um, night bonfire night I think maybe <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> You know, I don't want to get anybody else wants them, but genuinely though, I think that that aside, I think the cork will be will be magical for Christmas. But I do believe that we've missed the trick as a council, and we should have a launch, um, and then that leads into this. Um, I love every morning you can need the countdown to Christmas, and I'm one of those people that marks the calendar. Um, but the launch would um, mm. would give us a good introduction into these six weeks, which is good for the city. And do you know how important it is too, John? And I always think the 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 launch event helps. It's the first opportunity to get people in into the shops. It's been a tough year for retail, not just in the city, but all over the place. But in the city, it's been a tough year. Get people in, get them into the traders, into the shops. An, an, an event to draw people in. Yeah, Pete, absolutely. And, uh, you know, sometimes we hear... Uh, this is this is all of us. We hear the negatives sometimes, right? But Cork City is a really, really good place to go. There's some really good shops. There's really good choice. It's a really pleasant experience going down all over Plunger Street to pedestrianisation, down Kerry's Lane, French Touch Street, mm. Partick Street from three to six. Some days it can be up and down, but it's a it's a pleasant. And yes, we have our issues, you know. But I think. I know, I'm somebody who has a few pounds that enjoys, I wouldn't go in there if I didn't enjoy it. Going through yes. the market, picking up your bits and pieces, getting a sandwich in the Long Valley. I mean, the list is endless Absolutely. of what you can Absolutely. do. And I think that will follow throughout Christmas. But I think City Council could have had the launch to, to give that the kind of oomph that it needed and to bring people into the city. But look, we are where we are, yeah. unfortunately. Oh, we're getting too familiar with that old saying, aren't we, John? Thank you, John Maher, Labour Party a City Councillor. Yeah, get into town and support the traders. Get a bus in if you're served by a bus route. Get a bus into town or get a bus or take a spin down on the train to Middleton or take a spin down to Glenmire. Do a bit of shopping in Middleton and Glenmire particularly as they struggle back after the flooding uh, of last month. Or get, But certainly get into the city centre. Um, John and myself are on the same page with regard to loving Christmas and loving the countdown and loving everything to do with it. So, yes, I will be annoying the hell out of you over the next few weeks because I, I, I'm, I'm the biggest child of them all. But get into town. Get into town. Get the bus to town and celebrate Christmas with the traders of Cork. And it is that time again on a Friday. Time for this. To protect. Brought to you by Cork's 96 FM, the IBI, and funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out ours to protect.ie for more info. 
This week on Earth to Protect, we hear about Republic of Work's link with an initiative focused on climate action. Republic of Work has linked up with the 2050 Sustainability Ecosystem, an initiative which aims to bring people together to focus on climate action through workshops, roundtable discussions and an annual forum. This week, an event looking at how the fashion industry is impacting the environment was a sellout at the co-working space in the city centre. Eshna Gogia is Programme Manager at Republic of Work. Earlier this year, we launched an initiative along with our partner hub, Stockpatch Labs, uh, in Dublin, uh, Portishead in Galway, uh, Green Tech Hub in Wexford, and RDI Hub in uh, in Kerry to uh, build an ecosystem, uh, and we named it as 2050 uh, Ecosystem in Ireland to sort of talk about and how we can leverage the fact that, you know, Ireland is so super connected and bring wider sustainability ecosystem initiators together by bringing participants, ecosystem stakeholders and, you know, people who are collaborating on climate-focused initiatives together. And that was one of the first sort of uh, things that we did this year, launch that initiative. And through that, we thought we are going to address all these different industries as we go forward. So as part of that initiative, we're launching this. And, I, and, and you know, when you look at industries like fashion, food, they're all very personal to people. And given the fact that people are moving away from mindlessly consuming products, uh, you see general people talking a lot more about sustainability. They all want to know where everything is coming across and, you know, through the supply chain. So, Fashion, the industry is known for, uh, for 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 unsustainable practices so far, but we are seeing that change. We are witnessing that change. And this event is a step towards learning about what's happening in Ireland, what our innovators doing. Future of Fashion 2023 and beyond put a spotlight on the textile and apparel industry as an area where consumer trends have significantly shifted. Guest speakers took a deeper look at themes such as material innovation, circular fashion and smart design and production. When you talk about redefining the way we think about our planet, it always starts with something personal. And when you start making those choices within your personal life, you can see that impact bigger. So when we do something much more, when we can adapt to things in our life, we can actually see that impact happening. So with consumers showing, you know, an increase, uh, an increasing preference towards terms such as vegan leather or organic and eco-friendly dyes and, you know, choosing materials that are much more sustainable or biodegradable, we are making that choice as an individual. And we'd like to see that happening throughout the supply chain and making it much more circular that whatever we use, we are able to reuse, recycle and repurpose in a way. As part of the link with the 2050 Sustainability Ecosystem, plans are in motion for more events at Republic of Work. So over the next couple of months, we'd be hosting a range of events uh, and we already have one planned for Q1 next year. So uh, that would be around uh, the food waste. So uh, we will be talking about what are the ways that we can, again, bring circularity into the food waste system. You'd see a lot of vegetable waste, a lot of fruit waste a lot of food waste that goes out uh goes out and it usually ends up in the in the landfill so how can we sort of produce biogas at home how can we meet our energy needs what's needed so i think it 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 
I think it's close to 1.29 billion. That's the the food waste cost in Ireland. So we want to talk more about how can we make more use of unused vegetables in our fridge. What can we do? What can be produced of it? Can we power all of Cork with biogas? So we we'd love to explore those opportunities with our with our partners going forward. So that's the first event that we have planned for 2024. So if anybody would like to get involved, just drop in, find myself or any of the staff here at Republic of Work, and we'd be more than happy to walk you through what we're doing at Republic of Work. And not through just regular initiative, through tech and innovation as well. Republic of Work's main base is at 12 South Mall in the Cork City Centre. Across three floors, it has a large business lounge, a 140-desk co-working space, an event space, workshop areas, innovation suites, boardrooms, private offices and a dedicated accelerator lab for running programmes and training. Republic of Work officially opened a second base in Clonmel last year. And if you want to find out more about the 2050 sustainability ecosystem, you can check the show notes of this episode. Hours to Protect, brought to you by Cork's 96FM, the IBI, and funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out hours to protect.ie for more info. And Hours to Protect back with you next Friday. There will be an event for Formoy's Christmas lights. Councillor Noel McCarthy has been on to say they will have a ceremony with fireworks and everything. Saturday the 26th of November at 6... I think it's the Saturday the 25th. Anyway, the last Saturday in November, the day after the Toy Show, at 6 o'clock they'll be having an event down there. Might find out more about that in a minute. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Quartz 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Quartz 96FM. I'll go through some of your gift ideas for the person who has everything. Some beauties come in actually. Uh, just a few of them. <laughs> and apparently those bone connection headphones I was asking about them because whatever it is about, you know the way your smartphone or your Facebook or your whatever is listening to you and anything you talk about will come up on your ad feed. You know, it's actually a bit scary the way it happens. Like I'm sitting here now talking to you and as I mentioned, when I pick up my phone later on, I get an ad for it. Just they are listening to us. But these bone connection headphones, I'll be flooded with ads for them now. According to Yvonne, they're very good. Sounds great off them. It often strikes me, Siobhan, or Yvonne, as if they'd be real teeny. <laughs> Couldn't stick that. But Yvonne says, no, they're very, very good. And, and plus, you can hear what's going on around you. You can hear conversations. You can hear traffic. Well, that's good. Okay, come back to that. On Christmas lights, uh, we will have no... Um, no switch on, according to Labour Party Councillor John Maher. On, on, unless City Hall has something they haven't told us about or told John about. As John said, I'm only a councillor. Why would they tell me anything kind of thing? <laughs> um, they may have an idea, they may not. They haven't said, but we don't think there will be a switch on. It's almost certain that there won't be a switch on event for the Christmas lights for 2023, which is a shame. 
it's a shame and we'd love to see it back no matter how good Solace will be on Emmett Place no matter how good the whole Corkmus buzz will be over the few weeks ahead of us it doesn't matter we'd love an event we'd love it down in Fomoy they have an event uh, Councillor Noel McCarthy you're planning for the 25th of November morning to you yes. Morning, PJ, and thank you for having me on. Yes, we're planning our, our event for the Saturday, the 25th of November, in Patrick Street for my opposite the Credit Union, one of our main sponsors, at 6 o'clock, and we'll have Santi and we'll have fireworks, and it's a great family occasion, PJ, and that's why I just wanted to ring in to say it's a pity they're not having it in the city, because mm-hmm. I really think it would bring great atmosphere and a great spirit at Christmas time and it's great for the businesses as well so we find it a great a great idea to have here for my every year like all these ceremonies they got cancelled because of Covid back in 2020 and I think 2021 but if they never came back in the city you've brought yours back we brought ours back last year 2022 we brought it back and we had a great night last year and last year was our first year to bring fireworks and that was a great success you can imagine going down to the Keys and for my down with the bridge and seeing the fireworks maybe about quarter past 20 past 6 after those officials switch on the lights brought a great family Super. it was fantastic kids loved it Peter and that's the most important thing they absolutely loved it and it created a great atmosphere in the town you know so it's we- the town that we don't go into that much anymore Noel, I'm sure much to the chagrin of locals down there because it's all bypassed now. So it's really important to get people in. It is. And yeah, yeah, no, we still have a lot of traffic because, as you know, we're told that's another debate. We still have a lot of traffic coming through the town. But yeah, we love people coming into our town and visiting. And we feel that the switch on is one of them occasions where they have a reason to come into Fomoy from the surrounding villages and so on and enjoy a great festival occasion on the annual switch on of our Christmas lights it, and like only for sponsors like for my Synergy Credit Union and Cork County Council yeah. we couldn't have these events and the business people of for my yeah. and private people that make contributions towards them yeah. they're all very important in, in, my, very in my DJing days I was a regular down in Cairns's and up in the old uh, bakers was the grocer's, grocer's club in the That's Grand right. and like the people of Moy know how to celebrate Christmas that's all I'll no. say no better people. They really enjoy it in the right way. They really Absolutely. Do. I did a Stevens night down there one night. What a what what a crack. Kabir, you're on the board while well, I have you all. You're on no the matter. board of Closhton and Cravine. That incident that happened the other day, we got a, a statement. The nature of it isn't explained to us, except there was a medical incident. Can you put any more no, PJ, we hadn't a meeting since of our board of management. I just want to, to, what I do know is I have a son going to school there in TY and he did uh, tell me something incident happened. I did check it, thank God, I think everybody's okay. Mm-hmm. But I just want to let people know it's a great school, great principal, great staff, and they, and they were very concerned, I know, of this incident happening. And, and it, it was isolated and we hope that they'll, to, it will be dealt with in the proper manner. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. But it's a great school, PJ. Very, Super. very well run. It was Mary Sorry. who came to us. Another parent was just concerned over it. And I hope that the statement issued this morning will ease her concerns. And indeed, for yourself, uh, Noel, on the Board of Management. I think it speaks for itself how good that school is. Thank you very much. That's Councillor Noel McCarthy of Fermoy. Their event, if you want a Christmas lights switching on and fireworks, if you're anywhere near that part of the world, or even if you're not, take a spin down. 25th of November, uh, the day after the toy show, uh, 6 o'clock. Fireworks and Santa and you name it, they're having a town. I used to love going to Fomoy around Christmas time. I'd be playing, I played Karen's as one Stevenson's night. Sweet, divine God. The building itself 
was moving from side to side. So heaving was it. The late great Ted Dunn used to send me down there. 0818 96 96 96. Just to read that statement again. With regard to Colossian Cravine, for anyone who didn't get it the first time, and we will re- we will podcast the interview with Mary from earlier too, but the Cork Education and Training Board confirmed that the guards and the emergency services were at the Colossian earlier in the week. There was a medical incident. It was successfully managed, and the ETB and the Colossian would like to thank the Gardaí and the emergency services for their assistance. And as Councillor McCarthy, who's on the board, said... Everybody involved, whatever it was anyway, they seemed to be okay, which is which is good to hear. Oh eight one eight ninety-six 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 on the city. Kate says sure people can come in anyway. It's great fun to see the difference. I having said that I don't understand why they couldn't go for a big event. That is even more fun to have a big it would be great. It would be just great to have a big event. And John Mar is right. When the now I didn't get much jazz this year because I was still sitting at home with my sore throat. Self inflicted, I know. Um but from what I got from his social media and friends who were in around my pal brought his son in just to sample the jazz festival on the Saturday afternoon. And like from three to six they were in and it was just hopping with events popping up, music everywhere, which was great to see. All right. <laughs> uh, the last, when was the last time you renewed your passport? No, I'm not talking about delays. We, we'll get into that. That'll happen again, trust me, in the springtime. Delays in the renewal of passports. But when was the last time you replaced a passport online, using the online system? I did mine a few years back. Queen Bee did hers. We did one for the Umphala. Oh, yeah, the Umphala's passport had to be done, was it the year before last and the thing was back on the mat like 48 hours later. The turnover of the electronic passport uh, renewal is just brilliant. You know, if nothing, if everything worked as well as that, God, the country would be a much better place. But John Arnold, John Arnold you've been writing in the Echo about your adventures in renewing your passport online. You wouldn't be the most technical, John, by your own admission. Oh, he's gone, lads. He was on to. John Arnold, see if you came back. John Arnold was writing about this in, in the Echo. Uh, he does a little bit of travelling himself, likes to go away on his own every so often for a few days, just to, to contemplate life. And uh, he writes about this in the Echo and about renewing his passport. And the adventures involved. Are you there? John, you wouldn't be the most technical by your own admission. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Good. Good. <laughs> when, the last time you did a passport, it would have been old-fashioned with paper, right? Yeah, yes, I do. I've, like I suppose I got, I don't know when I got it first. I suppose I got it maybe back around 1970, but obviously I'd have renewed it um, a few times since. And all that happened there, it was early October. As you know, I usually go to, to Lourdes in the month of June with the time pilgrimage. And then about a decade ago, I, I kind of started going on my own, just on my own, in the month of November, December, just for a week of quietness and no talk, which I love. So <clears throat> so we were there, and Mr. Fataki was there early October. I was looking at dates and booking and whatever, as I said, whatever move we gave, we had to look at the passport and tis out. I think tis out, isn't out, yes, tis out maybe... The 23rd of November, and it's around the time I'd be travelling, so I said, you with heaps of time. So um, I know you could do it through and post, as possible. If you had an emergency, you could go to the passport office and cock with Mary. said, we could do it online, because most people do it online now, and they said it's a very quick turnover, so I wouldn't be very off here with computers and all that business, but she'd be good. So obviously she went, and obviously one of the requirements was a photograph, and she has a good camera, 
answer the instructions. So I you know you take it against the blank wall and she took the photograph, several photographs of me. You don't smile, you don't cry, you don't close your eyes, you don't open your eyes, you don't frown, you don't push your lips as if you're kissing a baby, you don't open your mouth, you don't wear <laughs> piercings, you don't have your hair parted to the left, well, I have no hair in here, and all that. So then she took a selection of photographs and you just, she inputted it in, into the thing and rejected it straight away. First one rejected, no reason. Second one rejected too much shading. The third one was rejected too much shadowing. Now, what the difference between shadowing and shading is, I don't know. But, and, you know, <laughs> the instructions are you don't take it against a red wall or you don't take it against a blue wall or with pictures. So she did everything like that. And eventually, I think it was picture number five. <laughs> you get a little green tick. It was accepted. It was accepted. So you press the next button, then anywhere you go and paid your money and off you went. And then, uh, apparently, you can track it in along as it's making its progress through the system in the passport office in Dublin, wherever it is. So she was tracking it along and it was moving, you know, kind of from one state to the other, and we were happy with it. And then 10 days ago, when we were kind of half expected in the post, got an email to say that the photograph was rejected at final inspection stage. Oh, no, John! And like, but why the fuck didn't they reject it at the first 10 days out, but only it was 10 days into the system, so it was rejected. And at the moment, I'm involved in a play in Cass Lyons, as I'm this weekend now, um, called Stop Nurse. So we were getting our photographs taken just for some publicity. Fast and I go last Sunday week, and there was a professional photographer from the Avenue newspaper here uh, in, you know, in, in Northcock, John Heron, he was there. So I said to John, will you take a photograph of me? And he, he said, I will. And he took about 14 photographs of me. <laughs> and, he, and, and he sent them on to me. And again, like the first three or four, were rejected and then eventually I think was number four was accepted so off we went in the system again and then last Monday of all then that photograph then it said this photograph has now been rejected because this is tis the same one that you were that you sent in a fortnight ago and hadn't now I had the same shot done alright I had the same shot done but it was a different photograph taken by a different person one was taken in Castle Lions one was taken here in our sitting room in Battle so I stepped on over again so we went to Fama yesterday then into a photographic booth, you know, the way you can go into I these photographic <laughs> boots, uh, like getting a boot like you put in your leg, there's a B-O-O-T-H show. And, and, and again, I got it done there, and, and this time we, we got it done on, 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 on a memory stick. So I came home with the memory stick in my hand, grasping it tightly like a newborn baby, and we inserted the, in, in the oak into the hole in the thing. And because and my son Donald did it this time because he'd be savvy with that. And again, the first two photographs taken professionally by this girl, brilliant girl who's taken for pastor's side. First two fucking rejected again. And again, the third one then, it accepted it for a second and then it rejected it. It said was, oh. that I was too close, that I was too close, that I was too oh, no. close. So the next one that she had taken, she took some close and took a little bit distant, maybe a foot back. So it accepted the fourth one then, which is now the 11th photograph that we put into the feckin' system. So that now is going through the system. That was at 2 o'clock yesterday. I'm half in feckin' dread to open the emails today to see will there be a bloody email from him as well. And, and, and I'll tell you this much, I hadn't much hair when it started the process uh, three weeks ago. I had second less, I, I, I have less hair now. I wouldn't be much of a candidate for Mick the Baldy Barber any because it's ahead of me hair done in about two seconds. Ah, but it's fucking annoying. I like, know. And, 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 and like the problem about it is, you say, I used to live it back in time. But of course, I can't book flights. I was hoping to book flights. 
I can't book flights without the passport number. If I put in the old passport number and then I get a new passport the week before, the whole thing is nullified. Right. You're and you right. I, I had that fright. I had that fright actually last year, the year yeah. before. But John, there, you know, there is a simple solution, and I discovered this myself. You can go into a chemist that does passport photographs, and they'll actually take the picture and they'll upload it for you. And then when you go back to the passport application, you just put in a code number. That's what we did yesterday. That's what we did yesterday. I went into the chemist and for my, we had the number. We had, because because we were halfway through the process, we, we had a six-digit number, you know, when it rejected the photograph on Monday. And it said, when you resubmit a new photograph now, all you have to do is use this number and you don't have to go back to the staff queue. So the chemist did all that for me yesterday. And to be sure, to be sure, then we kind of checked it and we went home and said, don't let it again. And yet now, now, please, God, I didn't check my email this morning. I only check them. I, I, I often check them every day, but I didn't check them yet this morning because I was busy. So hopefully now the tool be all right when they go back in. But the annoying thing is, like, if they rejected the photograph there and then, but like, if now it crosses through the system again, and then it comes to the final scanner person, like a part of the go, and there, I think it's just somebody that going fucking like me. And you're told, have a blank face, so you don't smile, you don't look sad, you don't look sour, you, what way do you look? You just look absolutely blank. I sent a photograph to two or three people and they mm. said it would be the ideal photograph if I was in jail. You know, a mugshot. I'm a mortuary card. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, a mugshot or a mortuary card. That's right, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and every, every wrinkle and contour and belly in my face is, is seen. That's why there's no, there's nothing hidden. Like I haven't a big black bushy beard that says, so this fellow could shave off his beard. I even shaved off my side locks. I shaved myself. I shaved myself so much that my chin was kind of pink and raw at the end of it. Like, and yet, and yet, yeah, I'm fucking a nice. I know I like, it is. It is, and, it is, John, like, to be fair. Yeah, what I'm afraid of is now that the timeline I have, that the week that I could see where I could go, that I had nothing on in terms of JME things or drama and things was kind of the end of November, the start of December. There was a, a timeline there because of an offer things involved in the week after that. So I was hoping to go that particular week. So, you know, I'm just hoping now at this stage that that will come through. And if, if it won't, I'd be sticking back on to you. Come you, here. You will do something. Do you know what you might there. do, John? Seeing as it's lured you're headed for or hoping to go, would yeah. you ever say an old prayer to Our Lady? She might help out for you. Yeah, but you can't pray retrospectively forwardly you can't pray for something that you want before you go before you get it without being there you can't do that I know but that'd if you be, said something be, like Hail Mary I'll be over to see you and if I get my passport I'll be over to see you can you help kind of thing but you're coming here I'm after trying St. Anthony and St. Jude is a patron of lost causes he usually works very well St. Anthony I pray to him because he usually if things get lost and I was saying to myself maybe now for something that lost in the system that they didn't pick up the picture that it fell through a crack in the computer in Dublin or something and fell down the floor so I pray to St. Anthony to know he solved that problem and I pray to St. Jude I'm running out of sense at this stage I'm running out of sense at this stage yeah. well John let me know if you get it I look forward to hearing whether you get it or not because most people and in fairness I've, you're the first person <coughs> that I've heard of um, with that had that many problems with it and, 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 and come here if anyone went to see like what I look like at this stage of my evolution the photograph that I initially sent in a beautiful classic photograph was on Diego yesterday it's a gorgeous photograph well not gorgeous but it, it, it's just me as it is tis now you, typically tis, tis. Yeah, you, you, you couldn't mistake you, people had said Geez, he's after getting very old which I am after getting very old so, I mean there's no doubt about that I, I didn't do any I didn't do any photoshopping or I didn't try and enhance digitally enhance the photograph no. or kind of 
I'll, I'll, I'll put nice eyebrows because my eyebrows are slightly crooked because I was hit by a chainsaw years ago and my two eyebrows are aligned the one in the left. Oh, oh, stop, the stop, 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 your 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 eyebrows are out of line because you got a belt of a chainsaw. You better tell me that story. Yeah, it was five or six years ago. Now we were cutting. We were lot of ash timber here around the cemetery, and I was cutting timber. There was a metal of us actually four or five neighbours and people relations working together with different chainsaws, cutting timber for each other, not together, not together, but away from each other in the plantation and. Silly enough, the, the man, he wasn't at the time, but he is now my son-in-law, was cutting at, at, at a tree on the ground, you know, and I put down my foot kind of to, to hold the tree in place, and I cost, didn't put down my foot solidly or hard enough on the stick, and the minute he touched the chainsaw, it up flew the chainsaw, hit me on the eyebrow, I got... 26 stitches there's a small there, yeah there's a small uh, I could show you something next I'll be in the studio there you could put your finger in you know the way St. Thomas put his hand into the, um, the side of Jesus where there was a hole that he was a doubting <laughs> Thomas yeah well no there's, there's actually I'm, I'm, I'm looking there's hold next, on John there's, John there's, hold there's, on there's, could there's, it be your wonky eyebrow up, yeah. could it yeah, be yeah. your wonky eyebrow is confusing the passport man it could be that, it could be that, but I tell you, I can't do anything about it because when the chainsaw hit me, it took a small chunk of bone out of the skull just over the eye socket, and we never, we never found that piece of bone since. We looked for it exhaustively, but in fairness now, I was taken to hospital, and, 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 and a doctor, Sleeman, I was got 16 stitches. I sent John the offer looking for it. I got blue. And like, there's no sign of the stitches. It healed up very well. But that eyebrow mm. is a small bit. If you put a spirit level across my nose now, it would be up a little bit at one side and down a little bit at the other side. Oh. But, you're, that's, but you're, that's the way I am. Like, that shouldn't. The, the, the computer, you were talking there about smartphones and all that. I have only a simple little black Nokia phone I have it with 18 years. I'm in dreading my life of, of technology because I know, like, if I was talking a smartphone to you now, there'd be somebody above in the passport office and they'd be listening to us. They could hear this conversation. They would. They could pick it up. No, no, I'm out, in the, I'm, I'm out in the middle of the Ballhouse field just going feeding calves and there's no one here. I'm talking the black Nokia phone to you. So there's only, the only one listening is probably your couple of hundred thousand listeners in car and hopefully the many won't, any of them won't get into the, to the, to the, to the passport office and complain me like, you know? But John, I'd say not because I have laughed more and it's been a difficult all week news-wise and you have given yeah, us yeah, all yeah. a laugh and I hope yeah. you get your passport sorted I think it might be the wonky eyebrow is going yeah. against you but you'd see yeah. you'd never know you'd never know people saying we should take you on here as a reporter and send you out to live events <laughs> yeah, 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 well, it's been a difficult week now, and I won't enhance it anymore. It's been a difficult week for me, too, on a kind of a personal base with the sporting organisation I was involved in. But look, all we can do is look forward and go forward, and, and I'll keep playing, and hopefully it will be okay. And hopefully I'll get the password, and hopefully, hopefully I'll get will. the loads. And when I I'll report into you and look if the terms and conditions for the job you're offering me are better than milking cows and the old age pension combined you have me Oh John Arnold you're an absolute legend uh, writing about his passport experience in the Echo and uh, I mean that lads that has I don't know about you I'm looking out on a gorgeous sunny day in November on what's been a very dark week for news between the Martins trial and the uh, Ashling Murphy murder trial, and there's been a lot of other stuff going on, and it was a dark old week at times. John has just lit the sunshine on the end of the week.
That was a joy. They say, you know, that you should do everything. You do, should do something every day that gives you joy. We'll podcast that. Listen back and give yourself joy. Frank says it's the most hilarious thing he's ever heard. I am so thrilled we talked to John this morning. 0818 96 96 96. Jackie says you're 24 hours from the order to the door. Yeah, not if you've John's wonky eyebrow. I think that's going against him. I think that's what it is. John's wonky eyebrow. <laughs> oh. Don't you feel better after that? Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Over there, to my left, with his award-winning impression of an internet dial-up modem from 2001, it's Mr. Ross Brown. (laughs) So much PTSD from that. Did someone pick up the phone in the hall? Ma'am, get off the phone! I'm trying to go on a message chat. <laughs> trying to download on LimeWire. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. With no DC cars, the place to order your 2024 Skoda. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Open 24-7 at nodc.com. Cork 96FM. Yeah, we'll put that podcast up of John Arnold. Give yourself a laugh uh, for the weekend. Mick wanted to give us a quick... Uh, quick voice note on the passports and the renewal of passports Mick Morning guys, done the online passport last Friday morning and it was in the hall Monday morning waiting for me, have a great weekend, love the show Thank you mate, Uh, yeah it is It's when the online passport works it is brilliant, if everything worked half as well as it, we'd be a different country but unfortunately poor old John has a wonky eyebrow (laughs) and the pictures keep getting getting rejected 0818 96 96 96. Now, did you see you're watching a Graw Aaron Traw? It was fun. It was mad. Crazy stuff. Graw Aaron Traw uh, on Virgin Media. The winner of that was from Carrie Galine, Talia Murphy. She's 19. She's a student of engineering and a model. And uh, she is just basking in the win of Graw Aaron Traw. And as she basks, she's heading off again to be part of Miss Europe Continental, of all things, in Naples, in Italy, which is happening very, very soon. So, Talia, you must be getting, you must be getting nervous now, are you? Good morning. Hi, uh, yeah, I'm very nervous now because it's about a week away, or even less, and, yeah, I'm just, I'm a bit nervous, but I'm really excited. Good. How did it come about? Are you into pageants, like... Yeah, I've done a few in the past um, and I've done Top Model Ireland and then I came third in that so I decided to keep going on and do more and then Miss Europe Continental came about and I got offered to represent Ireland so I obviously wanted to take that opportunity. Off to Naples, ever been there before? No, I've been to Rome and it's lovely but um, it's my first time in Naples actually and I'm going to visit Rome as well when I'm over there. Why wouldn't you? Again. I go over on the fifteenth, and it's we're training up until up until the eighteenth, and then yeah, the finals on the seventeenth, and then I wake up the next morning 
and yeah. <laughs> Who knows? You might have a big title. Yeah, hopefully. So, some people tell you would look at pageants as being a little bit old-fashioned and a little bit past it, and they'd wonder why a young woman would want to be part of it in, in 2023. Talk to me about that. Yeah, a lot of people actually think that it's very backwards, but I actually think it's good for gaining confidence. It's also great for like interview preparation because I'm in third year now of sustainable energy engineering mm-hmm. um, and it just improved my interview skills more. It makes me more confident. It's a great way to meet new people and make friends and I just think it's good fun as well, you know. It's a good hobby to have. Mm. It does benefit me, you know, in ways and I think, you know, if I'm having fun what's the harm like and it's not really harming anyone else there you, you go know? of course not if you're having fun go for it girl as they say yeah <laughs> sustainability energy engineering talk to me about that yeah so i'm in my third year now of four years and i might be doing a master's after but um yeah i'm big into st- sustainability i've been vegetarian about five years right. and nearly six years now i also make my own clothes out of like you know, I go thrift shopping and I, like, do up different clothes. I'm actually making my own dress for, well, me and my mom are making the two dresses that I'm wearing in the final because I'm just, I'm big into sustainability. I love uh, engineering as well. I always love building things and coding and stuff. The sustainability of fashion is a big, that's a big talking point. We're always talking about it here. You know, there's so much fast fashion out there, things like Shein. Yeah, well, there is a lot of fast fashion, but it is hard to buy from brands that aren't fast fashion hmm. because it's in every, almost every single shop. So it is hard for you to turn around and say, oh, you need to buy, you know, brands that aren't fast fashion because people might, might not be able to afford it. But there is, you know, other options like you can go thrift shopping like deb's dresses and stuff yeah turning them around like thrift shopping them is they're cheap enough there like instead of paying 500 euro you're actually saving a lot of money because they could be something like 20 euro in a thrift shop and instead of like i know people that spend hundreds and hundreds on pageant dresses and it's also a good thing to do with my mom as well She's a fashion designer um, and she also owns her own art studio right. uh, in Carrigline. And yeah, she loves art and she taught me everything I know, to be honest. I've had a sewing machine at the age of nine, like, so, and I was sewing my, like, Teddy's clothes when I was younger. And I just, I love making things. And right. she got my dad into it as well. Yeah, I was talking to some students actually before who, who was into it, who into this too. And one of them said to me, Do you know what? You know, PJ, you can do 101 things with a pair of jeans. You wear them as jeans, then you wear them as shorts, and then you turn them into a handbag. <laughs> yeah, you can literally, you can, if you don't wear a dress, a lot of girls just wear a dress once and then throw it out. But like you can turn it into a two-piece and it will take you, you don't need any skill. Like you literally need to cut a line down and maybe stitch up one size. Yeah. So it's it's way better than spending like another, God knows how much, on another dress for a different occasion. You know, and you know what? If it's working for you, girl, go right ahead. Talk to me about sustainability energy engineering and engineering in general. What put you down that road? Um, well, I'd done engineering in secondary school, and there was only a few girls in my class. It's not really a big female dominated subject, but um, yeah, I just I really do love engineering. I'm kind of more technical based. I'd done grammar and Tra, and it was more language based, and I was. 
I'm not great at languages at all. I trade my hardest on that, but I am more um, maths-based. I like coding. I, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm more of a technical person, so I do like engineering. Cool. Uh, it's a bit of a challenge, I'm not going to lie, with all the maths but and the physics and stuff, but I do like it, and I like a challenge as well. So. Did someone tell yeah, me I'm that really you excited. make robots? Um, I do it in college. I'm not making the robot, I'm coding it. I used Arduino and C++ coding. And last year I made an ultrasonic robot. I coded an ultrasonic robot. You put the brains into it? Yeah, um, it's like a program and you plug it in the robot. And then basically I made it so if someone jumps in front of the robot, it will have like a safety feature where it breaks straight away and then it also can reverse and it even i indicated like do you know the back lights on it so <laughs> when it's reversing it like blinks red on the back it was actually so fun and so cool um i'd love to be able to make my own robot one day and then just code it and make it do things around the house but i don't think i have the time at the moment because <laughs> i have a lot on <laughs> you want to teach it to cook or whatever <laughs> yeah, so I don't have to cook my own food because I'm too lazy for that now, to be honest. <laughs> I don't. I think lazy is probably the last word anybody could apply to you. Come back to Grawer and Thraw for a minute. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an unbelievable experience. Like, I literally, um, up until the day of Grawer and Thraw, I was doing my college exams and I finished my thermal fluids exam in 40 minutes I went straight up to Waterford and went straight on to reality TV for like you know 10 days was it or I, I can't even remember now at this point but it was I was like thrown in there you know so I actually it was just a shock to me walking in and then it was even a bigger shock when I managed to win it like I was not expecting that at all like my Irish teacher now if she was watching that she would laugh like because I barely passed my leaving cert I got predicted grades right uh, for my leaving cert and I barely passed Irish because I am not a language person that is not my strong suit I can't do it so um, I thought it would be a great idea to go into something like this because you know I'd be making new friends I'd be having a laugh and I'd also be learning Irish I can never learn it before so I thought maybe give it a go in a different setting which I think if you put it in a fun way like, if you learn in a fun way, you're going to want to learn it better. Do you know, yeah. that makes sense. Because when I'm in school and it was like compulsory and it was like, you have to learn this, you have to do this. I didn't want to learn it like, but when I was in that fun setting or even if there was reality TV shows like this, when I was in secondary school, I think I'd be more inclined to learning Irish yeah. because it's made fun. Right. Will you remember the Irish you learned? I hope so, because I'm trying now to learn it, but it is hard with college and pageants and yeah, you have a lot internships going on. and everything. <laughs> yeah, but I am trying, you know, I the last day I was in my work and someone came up and was speaking Irish to me um, and they said that their granddaughter watched the show and congratulations. And I was speaking back. I wasn't, I don't know if it made a lot of sense, but I was trying to hear if anyone came up to me, I'd be able to speak back. Like, I'd love that. You might be sorting out those wind turbines in the Gaeltacht one day. <laughs> the, the question I have to ask, of course, Talia, is, um, Annie, is, is Zach on the scene? Or was he just for the telly? 
Um, no, um, Zach and me are good friends, but no, we're not together at all. <laughs> I don't think we see eye to eye. We argued a lot on the show, but at the end, we actually were good friends. Okay, good. Listen, wish you well in Naples and with all the other things that's going on in your very busy life. Lovely talking to you, Talia. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a joy. Uh, Talia Murphy, uh, winner of Gra Ireland Thraw, and she's heading off to represent Ireland. The Miss Europe Continental in Naples. Beautiful place if you've ever been there. Naples. <clears throat> Over uh, next week uh, for a couple of days. Good luck to her. 0818 96 96 96. I'm happy to come back to this on Monday. I'm just going to drop it here for now. I can't see it going anywhere today because it's quite late in the morning. But someone contacted us during the morning with a message. PJ, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but a lot of couples are formed through AA meetings and it's causing families all over the country to break up former addicts or recovering addicts who are on the same journey end up falling for each other at meetings and then they separate from their husbands and their wives I know a number of families it has happened to already I think it's probably a better idea to have AA meetings for men and women separately AA frown on it, relationships forming, but it happens a lot according to this message. This has completely come in random this morning, uh, and I'm happy to come back to it. In fact, I'm determined to come back to it and find out more. So this caller contacting the opinion line says that there are families have broken up because the member of that family who's in recovery has gone to AA to their meetings met someone else who's in recovery, their common journey, if you want, caused them to fall for each other and marriages are broken up as a result. I've never heard of that happening before. I can see why it might. And it's one that will develop possibly in the days and weeks to come. But thank you for it, whoever you are. On John Arnold, oh my goodness, I have a pain from laughing, says Burr. He's a legend. Jer says... That interview with John Arnold has to be one of your look back at 2023 moments if you're doing them. I say there isn't a listener who isn't wiping the tears from their eyes after that. It made my week. Yeah, he put joy at the end of what's been a fairly dark and heavy old week. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 if you're looking for something to watch uh, this weekend over the uh, over the weekend on the telly, uh, you might want to pick up on this. He is definitely one of the great entertainers of the last 20, 30 years. He, he's up there with the very best as an entertainer and as a front man. And Robbie Williams has been revealing all in a new documentary. In my view, he's one of the best I have ever seen as a frontman. He can do so much. He is profoundly gifted as an entertainer, but a deeply troubled individual. Crossy, you've seen it. Morning. Do you know what? You are going to absolutely and utterly love this. If you're a fan of Robbie Williams, this show has your name all over it. Mm. And it's going to be a weekend of four episodes where you're going to sit back and look through 30 years that he forgets and that you probably remember. Mm. And that's what it is. 30 um, years. Like, there's the sense of it. This guy's been around since I can remember his so his first solo stuff in the 90s. 
And it, do you know what the wild thing about it is, all right, is that they were so ahead of the curve. And so him and his team were so ahead of the curve and so ahead of time because every time they went somewhere, they filmed it. So you'll see he's over, he's in uh, South America and they just throw a camera over in the corner and they press record. And that seems to be a, like the first two episodes is a lot of that. And you're getting to see things that they talk about Jerry Horner, Jerry Hallowell. Mm-hmm. So no one ever knew if they went out with each other or they didn't. You're not going to know while watching it but you're going to see their relationship whatever it was a friendship or whether it was an actual relationship you're oh, going so to they don't reveal it they don't know they, they don't they never put a label on it they never say she was my girlfriend but they talk about whatever they had whatever they had together and how they broke up that sort of relationship why it happened. The one thing, right? The one, oh, sorry, there's two things because it's getting panned online by critics. Um, Dwayne them, them for this. Yeah, one bit is, all right, is that he's in his jocks and he's in a, a he's in a vest for the whole thing. So <laughs> as soon as it starts, again, this is not a spoiler. As soon as it starts, he's in this massive house. It's beautiful. And he says, I'm either on stage or I'm in bed. So he's watching everything while in a black pair of knickers and a black vest and sometimes it can be a bit awkward because you're, you're watching him and you're watching him off his absolute face on drugs and then they say like they don't they don't sugarcoat any of this none of this is sugarcoated it would turn you off drinking drugs for the rest of your life if really? you were taking both yeah. it's it really is shocking to see how much how crazy he was back then and, and, then, and you know what Chris yeah, I mentioned that you know how you look at the stuff he's done and, and the various different yeah. types of how he constantly reinvented himself musically and the swing stuff and the Bojangle stuff. The guy is a performing genius and all this crack was going on behind him. Yeah, and you'll get, you'll get to see his relationship with Guy Chambers and, you know, all that, how they broke up from each other and um, how Guy was his rock for years and years. The one thing I don't like, right, so I mentioned Jerry and I mentioned Guy, is that he doesn't say sorry. So you, you heard in the promo there, that clip you played, that he's looking back and it's like redemption and all that. But there's certain times where he was an absolute idiot mm. and he never once in it says sorry. You know, like he, 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 he's talking about it and he's showing it. And like there's parts where his daughter comes in and sits in the bed beside him. And like there are little things, redeeming features where he talks about hating. And he uses the word hate multiple times of hating Gary Barlow. But when his daughter's there, he turns it into dislike. He's like, I didn't like this man. Mm. But before then he was, and it's only him. It's him and his daughter. And his wife comes into it a bit as well. But you know the way sometimes they're, they'll talk to Guy Chambers or they'll talk to Jerry. Or the, you remember the David Beckham documentary where yeah. there's loads of people in it. There's none of that. Wow. It is Robbie Williams on the most dirtiest of Mac laptops you are going to see this side of Christmas. In his jocks. And, in his jocks. Oh, God. Because you know, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. I'm out of time, mate. I got to go. But the Robbie Williams documentary on... Netflix. Uh, looks like super television. Thank you, Crossy. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 